Here we go, live in the Nexus. Booyah! Here we go. Lots of zing, lots of sing, everything's gonna swing. So get ready, here we go. Big or small, short or tall, you all have a ball. On the Tom and Jerry show. That's where we'll start off our part two of cartoons tonight. And perhaps the biggest disgrace of a TV show we've ever seen is the 1975 Tom and Jerry show. Scott, would you like to fill us in why it was such a disgrace? Because Jerry was such a loser. Was the bow tie? You know, there's lots I can say about this. I just, there are certain shows where you feel like this should have been who the good guy was, and they clearly wanted the other one to be the good guy, but you didn't feel like that was the good guy. But my problem here was Tom and Jerry became friends. They did, and I didn't understand what that was about either. What, what's the point? Yeah. <coughs> yeah. I mean, you know, clearly this is choking you up. It is. Uh, I need the cough button. So, I, you know, I really, I really don't know. I mean, I really did not. First off, I didn't plan on talking about Tom and Jerry, so this is kind of out of left field for me. It is. I, I thought I'd start with a, with a curveball. Yeah, and so I, I, I want to hit the curve, but I, I really, I always hoped that the way that that would end would just be a gruesome death for Jerry. Does that say something about me psychologically? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm with you on that. I always thought he was a little smartass. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I, I definitely didn't want to see Tom catch him and, you know, saute and, him in a pan. Right. Yeah. I would have been okay with that. I would have <laughs> been okay with that. It's interesting, uh, though, that, that later we did see uh, uh, Tom and Jerry get violent again in, in the uh, uh, incarnation of Itchy and Scratchy in The Simpsons. Indeed, we did. Which is clearly an homage to that. And I even love the fact that they make fun of the Tom and Jerry show uh, from Saturday mornings in the 70s with the Itchy and Scratchy cartoon where they, they become friends. Do you remember that one? Yes. And then the, the theme song is they love, they love, 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 love. Yes. And it's yes. just like sitting there holding hands on Rocky Church or something. Right. Right. So, so here's the thing. There are some situations where i you know the one the, there's the the you know the cat mouse dog cat whatever that i'm okay with and i'm okay with saying you know like i never really felt like and you may feel differently so that's fine if you do i never really cared whether or not sylvester caught tweety bird that that one didn't bother me however i really 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 Maybe even more than I wanted Tom to catch Jerry. Wanted the Coyote to get the Roadrunner. Yeah. Well, there was some satisfaction that we saw Tweety Bird in Sylvester's mouth many times. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Only to be removed from him. So we would have the satisfaction. But, yeah, you just did You did want to see the Coyote. Remember there's a few variations of the Coyote where he talked? Yes, I do. And they had to do with when the sheepdog was on the show. Morning, yeah. Sam. Morning, Ralph. And clocking in and out. Yes. Yes. And, and that was sort of random. There, there are some things in cartoons that just, that, that are completely inconsistent with what we knew to be the norm that you always kind of scratched your head and were kind of like, why, why, did, why did that happen? But, so here's another thing, though, because now you've, now you've got this thing rolling. So, 
Why? I, I want to, and I bet you have an answer. If, if, if you don't have an answer, then there is no answer. Why is it called the Bugs Bunny Roadrunner Show? <laughs> well, it, didn't it, it, it had different, that's a good question. Um, I said so to typed in the Bugs and Daffy Show. Um, I, you know, it's, a, it's a really good question. Because, I mean, of all, I, there are so many other characters that I would have put ahead of, I mean, obviously Daffy. Uh, right. But then that would go against the whole thing of Daffy wanting to be bugs and wanting to get the kind of like sort of the Donald Duck Mickey thing. Uh, so I, I get not being the bugs and Daffy show. Uh, but there are so many other characters that I would have put ahead of. I mean, I would have put the coyote. I would have, done, I, I would have probably been better with the Bugs Bunny Wiley Coyote show. But the Roadrunner show, I, I just I never got that. Never understood that. I even had that yeah. question when I was much younger. And I don't have I can I can kind of scour the internet here, um, but I, I don't know the answer to that. Why it was called that? I guess the Roadrunner for whatever reason became hot, like a. But I don't. But he I, did. I, liked, I, I I don't feel like he did, uh, except for in elementary school mascots. Meet me. Yeah. Uh, my you, you know my <laughs> elementary school was the Roadrunners. The, really? The, the, was the he your actual mascot? The the summit yes he actually was it was I mean it was a complete ripoff I don't know if uh, Warner Brothers just gave schools permission to use the Roadrunner it's very much the Roadrunner from usually the show. from what I understand they won't go after Disney will but I don't think Warner Brothers goes after elementary schools yeah I, I know there's a school in Florida we pass on way the beach that Quick Draw McGraw is their mascot and I know I'm going to see it painted on the side of their building. Um, I'll make me pay quick homage to when I was in elementary school, and this would have been second grade, fall of 1980, and one of the great lessons in the history of elementary school. So to for us to vote concurrently was going on was the election between Reagan and Carter, mm-hmm. and we had to elect a, a new school mascot, and our two mm-hmm. choices were the cheetahs and the the uh, bald eagle, uh-huh. and we were divided into political parties. Called the Grounders and the Flyers. Wow. Based on which mascot you supported. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I I remember our and we you had like a, a, a delegate that went and voted for your from your classroom. So um, like the like the Electoral College. Yes. And they like they, they it was closed captioned aired. And I remember our, our Flyers representative said grounders when they asked him. Uh, and I don't remember why. I remember I was I think I liked the Flyers because I was a Philadelphia Flyers fan, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and I wasn't a cheetah. Was a, cheetah's a pretty good mascot for elementary. Well, uh, you also were a Philadelphia Eagles fan. That's when the Eagles were in the Super Bowl that year when I was in second grade, and the Flyers were in the Stanley Cup Finals that year too. That was when they were playing the freewheeling and villainous Raiders, wasn't Check it? Check it out. That was when I was in second grade. Every Philadelphia sports team went to the finals. Huh. With only the Phillies pulling off the championship. That's interesting. Sixers lost the Lakers. Eagles lost the Raiders. Flyers lost the Islanders. Okay, and, and I'm right. That's the, the, uh, so that was uh, Ron Jaworski's Eagles, right? That's correct. Playing against Jim Plunkett's Raiders? <laughs> I really think you, you can say whatever you want about Jim Plunkett. I mean, he did win a Heisman Trophy, 
and then he would play for the Patriots for a little while once the Raiders. The guy won two Super Bowls. Yeah. I think Jim Plunkett should be in the Hall of Fame. I know yeah. he doesn't have a great overall quarterback rating, but if yeah. you're going to tell me Eli Manning is going to get in. Right. Because his last name is Manning. Yeah. If he, if he gets in, Jim Plunkett needs to be in. Yeah, I'll agree with that. I'll agree with that. I got no problem with Jim Plunkett being in. As a matter of fact, I, I don't think I, until you said that, I don't think I did. I, I knew that he wasn't. It, it, it always seemed to me that Jim Plunkett wore a helmet that was like two sizes too small for his head. He had a and, he had an exceptionally large head. And his face seemed to be just protruding. And he wore that small two bar face mask. Yeah, yeah. And we have gotten way off track here in the Nexus, folks. <laughs> First off, let me comment. I think that the, the activity that you oh, do you in your school. You sound is, like a Cylon right now. Oh, do I? Yeah. Okay. Well, upon your command. Uh, do, so, what I was saying was I think that you, the activity that you did in your school was just awesome. That's a great, just a great learning experience, I feel like. Uh-oh. Uh, are we having technical difficulties? We did, but now you're back. Now you're back. Now you sound um, okay. So I, I feel like very, very strong learning experience that you were having there. Um, but uh, I would have definitely predicted that you were uh, you were a flyer or an eagle, a bald eagle. That that just speaks to who you are. I, I can, I mean, I just think cheetah, and I think I've heard your snide remarks about cheetah from the Legion of Doom, and uh, I just yeah, I feel like there's just no way you were going to go that route. So. So yeah, um, but let's get on back on back on track now. So let's talk about the uh, let's talk about Bugs the Bugs Bunny Roadrunner show. Yes, yes. Lasted. Let's do talk about. So that. if we take it into really in its Saturday morning form, would have gone from sixty two mm-hmm. to two thousand. Um, I think most of it's considered, though, the CBS, because really, technically, it was on ABC Saturday mornings. Not technically, it was from 85 to 2000, but for what we knew of it, was uh, 62 through 85 on CBS. 27 seasons. I'm not sure if that math adds up exactly there. It doesn't feel like it does. Um, 684 episodes. Uh, was it was known for cleaning up the violence in Warner Brothers cartoons. So maybe we go through and just talk about... Um, Favorite uh, recurring Warner Brother character? Yeah, uh, favorite re- recurring like from from Bugs Bunny? Uh, it could be anything in the in the uh, you know Mary Mary Melodies Warner Brothers universe Looney Tunes. I'm gonna so do do you already have one in mind? Um, I I Foghorn Leghorn is probably my. Yeah, because that's exactly who I was going to say too. But my other one, my other one would probably I, I could also be convinced to uh, lean towards Yosemite Sam. Yeah, Yosemite Sam is really good. I, I'm going to share two quick memories of of those two characters from me, my favorites, and I guarantee okay. you, you're probably going to laugh when I talk about Foghorn Leghorn. Of course, we know Foghorn Leghorn is the person who talked like this. Son, you got to listen, son. Even well, I was, say, well now, I said, son, son. But my favorite is when he would go. He was always battling that dog. Mm-hmm. And there's so, and this is the genius of just that Looney Tunes universe. So you see, he's just kind of walking along, 
And all of a sudden, he pulls out a can of paint. And he paints a white line on the ground. Mm-hmm. The dog is asleep in his doghouse with his behind sticking out. Foghorn mm-hmm. Leghorn walks over, lifts up his behind, paddles him like three times in the butt. Mm-hmm. The dog runs to the line, which is actually the length of his leash. And Foghorn Leghorn yanks out his tongue, paints it green, and it snaps back in his mouth. And that is just genius. It is. And that's whenever I think of him, I, I think of that. But my Yosemite Sam one I think of was an episode that probably politically incorrect nowadays. Um, it's the one where it's set in the Civil War. Yes. And I was absolutely going to say the same the thing. The Mason-Dixon line. Yes. <laughs> and everything to the south of the line was this lush paradise. Uh-huh. And everything immediately on the other side was like this barren desert wasteland of nothing. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. Good yes. stuff. Yeah. I um, Yosemite Sam just his just his whole being was just awesome. His you know rootinest, tootinest, kind of shootinest, uh, tarnation. All yes, yes. It just and that mustache. <laughs> it doesn't get any better. That, rabbit. That's the kind of mustache I want to have. Is one like Yosemite Sam. He had a mean case of rickets, though, the way he would stand with those legs of his. <laughs> Truly. Or he had been in the saddle for far too long. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, I, I, I just, you know, I know there was a, there was, there was a, a period of time where the, the, the craze was to love the Tasmanian devil. Um. Not a great but, character. Like, and, and we, uh, can, we can get I into agree. this in a minute. There, there was Warner Brothers merchandising that went on the 80s and, and well into the 90s and early uh-huh. 2000s when the Warner Brothers stores existed in malls uh-huh. where secondary characters became main characters. And I would mm-hmm. say it's like Marvin the Martian, um, Tasmanian Devil, Tweety Bird. Uh, and and I like Marvin the Martian, but I hated him there for a while because he was just like an image. He was commercialized, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah. I'm going to get you a thing with my X27 modulator. Yeah. Yeah, and then everybody was doing that. <laughs> so that was a little bit difficult. Let me... But Go ahead. Bugs was just, I mean... Show what what road run what we're talking about Looney Tunes or Merry Melodies, um, was just there's so much there's so much content yeah it's, it's it's an insane amount of content and years and years yeah yeah I think about there was a and I believe it was a this did you in your research. So there's Looney Tunes and Merry Melodies. Did you come across anything called Happy Harmonies? Happy Harmonies. I don't don't recall that. I believe that there was yet another spin-off. Our producers are on that right now. Um it's a series the, of 37 animated cartoons distributed by MGM and produced by People we've never Harmon and, and Ising. Uh, I don't recall these. Uh, 
and I don't remember if it was a Merry Melodies or a Happy Harmonies that I am thinking of. Merry but Melodies there was, is, is correct. Go ahead. Yes, I know that it's correct. I'm saying, but what I'm saying is there was an episode of either a Happy Harmonies or a Merry Melodies where it was in like a, I mean, and this is old, so I, I'm going to say a grocery store, but it wouldn't have been called a grocery store at that point in time, a, a mercantile or something like that, where all of the characters on the boxes of the products in the store came to life, hmm. and they're like singing songs and doing dances and all of this stuff. Does this ring a bell to you at all? It sounds like something you may have seen on Harvey cartoons. No, this is this was this was either Merry Melodies or Happy Harmonies. I'm, I have to I'm, do more, I'm, more research sure on that one. <laughs> I'm sure of it. But I saw it multiple times as a kid. You know, it would come on periodically, but I've never seen it since, and I've also never been able to locate it. Um, and that was uh, it was something I, I don't know why it stuck in my head. I don't know why it. Uh, spoke to me for whatever reason you know let's put this to our, our our listeners and just say hey if you've got any information related to a cartoon that sounds anything like this it would have been an older cartoon i would imagine it had a probably a 1950s feel hmm. maybe even 1940s uh it, it certainly would not have been beyond the 60s some of this stuff was so weirdly like packed together in like a random uhf cartoon hour sometimes for us or sometimes yeah. it was just like a, a grab bag of, of Merry Melodies. Could be like you talked about Happy Harmonies, Harvey Cartoons, well, Mighty Mouse was thrown in there. And I'm not I'm not familiar with Harvey Cartoons. What is what is that? That was like uh remember uh like Baby Huey, Little Audrey, I think uh, Casper. Yeah. Okay. Um If you can that's... remember these Go ahead. I know, I know who you're talking about now. No, this wouldn't have been one of those. Okay. Um, this would have been a, it would have been a, either a Merry Melodies or this Happy Harmonies that I'm talking about. And I, if if your if your research on Happy Harmonies said what thirty thirty seven, I think you said that there were thirty seven of yeah. them. Yeah. Um, then it probably wasn't Happy Harmonies. It was probably an old 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 Merry Melodies. Uh, because Merry Melodies and Looney Tunes both started in like the 30s, didn't they? So now when I click on Harvey Films, and I'm looking at a picture of their lineup, Bugs Bunny is actually pictured with that as well. See, and this is the, the, there's just that's what I mean. So much, so much content. And yeah. here's here's another thing: is like they could. Like you said just a minute ago when you said there could be this and this and maybe a Mighty Mouse thrown in there. There were a lot of variety kind of shows back as 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 when I was a kid. Um, do you didn't Bozo used to show some cartoons, too? Yes. And I would imagine that some of those they just like got the rights to through syndication kind of stuff. Now, I know very little about Bozo. Uh, Woody I Woodpecker thought... was his, his whole thing too. I'm even seeing like uh, looking at Harvey cartoons, Richie Rich mixed in on that. 
So I wonder, is would would Archie and Jughead and those guys be in there too? I don't know. That's a good question. We're getting way off track, though. We we certainly are. Let's I'm get just... back to you. So I, I'm going to tell you one about one of my favorite Looney Tune cartoons. A couple couple Looney Tune cartoons I want to talk about real quick. Mm-hmm. One was uh, Edward G. Robinson. Oh, the rabbit, see? Yep. <laughs> Rocky. Uh, Bugs Bunny just <laughs> consistently tortures Rocky. Yep. Hiding him off with that. What he puts? Is it curtains for you, Rocky? It's curtains. No, no, not curtains. Curtains for you. And he puts the curtains on his head. Oh, they're adorable. Just brilliant stuff. Um, and the other one, what's the one I was just thinking of? Oh, there's a specific episode I love where um, I don't know the name of it. Bugs Bunny is basically torturing Elmer Fudd. It's the one where Elmer Fudd has enough and he tears up his contract. Do you remember this one with mm. Warner Brothers? And then, like, Bugs Bunny goes on to torture him in his nightmares. <laughs> and it's one of the best. Just, it's just, it's Bugs Bunny harassing Elmer Fudd for seven minutes of torture, including this one part where, where Elmer Fudd's lying on the ground and these, these uh, digital rabbits are, it looks like Bugs Bunny are dancing around Elmer Fudd and, uh, the, you hear Bugs Bunny going, the rabbits are coming, hooray, hooray, the rabbits are coming, yes, hooray, play. Yes, I do know that because, one. And he's like, I'm multiplying. Yes. But I did forget I'll... the the greatest Looney Tunes character of all time that makes me laugh like no other is Beaky Buzzard. Uh, do you remember him? Yes. Hello, Mr. Rabbit. Yes. There's one, there's a scene where if if you don't know who that is, it's he was a very shy buzzard. Um, mm-hmm. He should have been very mm-hmm. very intimidating, but he's always going oh, 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 oh. and uh, he's fighting with Bugs Bunny at one point on the ground of the desert. And then like this mamba music starts playing, and they just start dancing. <laughs> and uh, Bugs looks at him and goes, "Maybe we should do this again sometime." And Vicky <laughs> turned around and he goes, "Oh, you mean just like we're doing right now?" <laughs> I just love it. It's it's so stupid. It's brilliant. Yeah, I also really like the uh, the one that's um, it's the uh, Brunhilde or Flight of the Valkyrie or something like that. The the oh, the, the witch. The no the uh, no 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 the the opera with Bugs and Elmer Fudd. Oh, uh, uh, Barbara of the Ville. No, 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 no. This is the one where they're dressed as Vikings. Yeah, that's the. I think that one is in there. Oh, okay. Um, there's like a whole thing in there. Figaro's in there. But that's that's uh, you know, kill the wabbit. Yeah, kill the, kill wabbit. the wabbit. Yes, uh, that one is that. That's a that's a really classic one. Uh, but you know, the the things that keep coming to mind more than anything, uh, even though I hated one of the characters are the all the acme products uh with the coyote uh and all of those just outlandish things that he would buy and you just wanted to say can't you get some kind of guarantee (laughs) with any of these products from acme that something's going to work and uh they they just never do I was, it was uh, even more confusing when you grew up in a place where the Acme is the name, the brand of the 
supermarket where you grow up. You're like, why are they buying all this stuff from Acme? Because <laughs> in, in Philadelphia, that's the major grocery store is Acme. Yeah. Or as they say up there, Acme. Yeah. Yeah. I just found a whole that, by the way, the episode for anyone who wants to find it, it's called The Big Snooze, the one I was talking about. Uh, it's just, it's brilliant. The the one with Rocky and... that That's the one with Bugs Bunny where he's torturing Elmer Fudd. Oh, okay. The rabbits gotcha. are coming, hooray, hooray. Yeah, okay. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, it says, is... zillions and twillions of wabbits are dancing over Elmer while Bugs Bunny's voice heard singing, the rabbits are coming, hooray, hooray. And when Elmer Fudd asked where they're all coming from, Bugs replies, from me, Doc. They're multiplying. He's, he's punching an adding machine. <laughs> Just good stuff. It really is. It really is. So, okay. Um, what else do we need to say about, about Bugs? I, so you said when we started out, 19... I'm, I'm, I feel like the information that I'm seeing is all over the place. Uh, that it is started in as early as the 1930s. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Mary Melody started in like 30. Mary Melodies went from 31 to 69 before producing something again. I think it was 89 or 87. And then you have in there things like the Warner Brothers thing. Then you have the Bugs Bunny Roadrunner show. Then there, there was there was just a Roadrunner show that was on NBC. So really, it was it was kind of all over the place. But the Bugs Bunny Roadrunner show would be the one that was our lifetime, right? Like that that was really where they were producing new episodes. Were they producing new episodes with the Bugs Bunny Roadrunner show? Uh, let's. I think they were up until let's see. I was just thinking of the Roadrunner show. Whoops. Um, I think they worked to a certain point. Because I, I kind of remember. Do you remember Bugs Bunny changing a little bit in color? Like almost, going from black and white. Well, he almost transitioned to like a almost like a bluish color at one point. Hmm. And making it more confusing. Let's see. If, yeah, the 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 intro of the Bugs Bunny Roadrunner show. That's the one that. Uh, um, we know is, um, what is it? Uh, Overture. Right. Overture, curtain lights. This is it. We'll hit the heights. Oh, what heights will hit that? It went so, okay. When? I don't know, because I was, it seems like it's just, I just know it. <laughs> uh, I feel like I've Did known you it my not whole life. Learn it? Did you not learn it from watching Seinfeld? No, no. I knew that before then. Okay. Okay. Because the Bugs Bunny Roadrunner show always came on about for Eastern time, it came on eleven o'clock. It was like it was like the last thing that came on. Yeah. And so it, usually it was after Alvin and the Chipmunks that was on from like you know, Smurfs would go from like eight to ten, and then get get Alvin and the Chipmunks in there. It seems like there was a you know in the earlier eighties and seventies especially, there was a lot more cartoons going on, and then the eighties it seemed to really just kind of plain out, mm-hmm. where it was just like big blocks of Smurfs, Chipmunks, Bugs Bunny. Yeah. 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 That's true. But do you remember some of the more, uh, I don't know, uh, at, at, 
adventure based card like do you and and I can't remember I don't think we covered this on our previous uh discussion uh like Tarzan cartoon I know Planet I watched cartoon I know I watched that stuff on Johnny Quest um we really need yeah. to dedicate a whole hour to just the banana splits sometime <laughs> uh oh chungo <laughs> we need we need to have a banana splits uh, land of the lost special. So I think I think land of the lost was a Saturday morning show, wasn't it? Yes. Well, it was. It was also part of the Sid and Marty Croft Super Show. Um. Okay. Which was late seventies and had not only land of the lost but also had. Um, Sigmund the Sea Monster, H.R. Uh, Puffin stuff, uh, the Boogaloo's, uh, some other stuff like that. Uh, since since of... we're so off track, let me throw this show out there. My wife has no recollection of the show. There is a show on Saturday mornings. Actually, I think it came on Sunday mornings called the New Zoo Review. Yes. New Zoo Review. Come and ride at you. you. Yeah. That was yeah. like Henrietta Hippo. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Kind of was in the... Uh, Captain Kangaroo family kind of yeah. show. I mean, was that even on network? Was that not on public television? I thought it was. I remember watching that on UHF, I think. But I think it was on Sundays. Hmm. Sunday morning cartoons were just never as good. And, and you, you know, if you went to church, like you and I both growing up going to church, you really only had to a certain point to watch TV on Sunday anyway. Right. So, you know, you're watching like Dr. Snuggles, King of the Animal World. Yeah, uh, not a, not a great one. And then Sunday mornings you'd get into once you hit about nine or ten o'clock, at least where I was. UHF would be, uh, you know, the networks usually ran like church. And then UHF would have things on like Old Three Stooges, Abbott and Costello, Blondie and Dagwood, that kind of stuff. You got a lot of that. Um, you got a lot of that too in the early years of TBS. Um, yeah. When when uh, that I don't know if Ted Turner had some like deals or whatever with whoever owned the rights to like little rascals, three stages. Cause I mean, I remember being a kid and I can remember Steven, the hours leading up to getting ready to go to school, having the TV on and watching episodes of little rascals or three stooges. Yeah. And I encourage uh, anyone yeah. out there who, who's never seen Abbott and Costello, which ran from <sighs> like 35 to 57. It is, they are as funny as anything yes. you've ever seen. And when you watch it and you think, oh, I've seen this before, you've seen it before because everyone copied them who did it first. That's right. That's absolutely and I, right. I, and I don't even think the who's on first thing is that funny. No. Uh, there's so but, many other things they did. Right. Do you remember? Yeah. There was even a cartoon where they had mice that were supposed to be there. Remember that? Hey, bye-bye. Yes. Bye-bye. Yes. yes. And wasn't. Weren't they the guests on one of the Scooby-Doo movies that we talked about last time? No, it was Laurel and Hardy. Laurel and Hardy. That's right. That's right. Also That's good. Right. Uh, was one of those guys. May have been Hardy. I believe it was from Madison, Georgia, originally, which is near Athens. Well, b- b- not that I don't want to go down that rabbit trail, but <laughs> um, doesn't... I feel like, though, I've seen cartoon versions of Abbott and Costello, too, and not just the mice on something, but I can't. Pinky in the brain? (laughs) Yeah. 
Because really, I mean, that's... Yeah, except they're reversed. Yes, true. So, um, yeah, okay. I love there's like, there's an episode of Abbott and Costello where they're trying to like, they try they're for like the Dracula's castle or something, trying to get a brain from from uh, from one of those guys from from Castell- Abbott. Abbott was the Costello was the bigger guy, right? Yes, uh, Costello was the heavier guy. Yes, yes, he was. And, uh, hey, Abbott. Yeah, Abbott. Hey, there was an Abbott Costello cartoon in 1967 um, that we probably, I'm sure, saw. I'm seeing images of it that look familiar. Um, but in that, one of the funniest things in that like, was that they, they couldn't, they were having trouble with the brain or they were rejecting it because his IQ was so low. <laughs> That's a great one to watch around Halloween, too, is Avon Costello meet the Wolfman, meet Dracula. Just, they're horror movies, but they're fun horror movies. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, uh, oh, never mind. I, we, we're going to get way off track here because I was about to say, you know, it's another good horror movie to watch around Halloween is Private Eyes with Tim Conway and Don Knotts. Ron Rots. <laughs> so bring us back here. Okay. Well, after I, I got to say, I did, I did find Babbitt and Cat Stello, mm. which is the cartoon we were talking about. Babbitt! Yes. Yes. All right, so let's transition back. Sorry, folks, we got way off track here. Um, let's talk about the Smurfs. The, the Smurfs were the powerhouse of the 80s that extended the life of Saturday morning cartoons for another decade. Mm-hmm. Um, nine seasons long, produced by Hanna-Barbera, 258 episodes, mm-hmm. um, with I think it was... Wow! There's, that there's is a, tremendous. They were they were knocking out uh, a lot. And there was never they usually were episodes weren't. I think they were somewhere around the nine to twelve minute range. Um, they were never like a half hour or anything, but there there was there was a ton. And it, uh, but, it, it, but it debuted in 1980. You said is that 81. right? 81. 81. Okay, okay. So I, I want to hit you with some questions here regarding the Smurfs. Sure. Now. Obviously, we got nothing but respect for the Smurfs. I mean, 258 episodes, nearly a decade on TV. I, I, or, I revere the Smurfs. I'm, I'm a fan. Okay. That's, that's kind of the line of where, where I want to go, go with this. Is, is in 1981, we are uh, in uh, – is it 80 or 81? That we're 81. Okay. In, in 1981, we are in the midst of our peak Star Wars enjoyment, yes? Would you no, because Return of the Jedi comes out in 83. Yeah, agreed, but we've got Empire Strikes Back. And That's not now, the peak. Now you and I are old enough. We're, we're, we're both eight years old at this time. You, um, you, you, you're, you're following me, right? Okay, where are you going? So, I again, nothing but respect for the Smurfs, but how how much fo- of your focus was on the Smurfs? A lot. I mean, the Smurfs, I mean, and I'll, I'll, I'll counterpoint with this. 
Okay. I mean, I had a lot of Star Wars toys, mm-hmm. and I love Star Wars. It's yeah. My favorite thing. But like, mm-hmm. if we remember back in 1981, it's not even like Star Wars is out on video cassette yet. Okay. Okay. I mean, yeah. you, you could, it, you know, you saw it in the theater, and then uh-huh. I think CBS would air it maybe once a year. They would air Star okay. Wars. Uh-huh. The first Star Wars I ever saw was but the holiday special, by the way. Um, <laughs> yes, we our listeners are very familiar with that that fact. <laughs> uh, and I also want to I also want to give you uh, uh, a lot of respect for calling it Star Wars. And not calling it a New Hope. Yeah, that's right. No, not in the next. No, Star Wars. That's right. Star Wars. Or 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 if we want to get really technical, Star Wars One. Yeah, that's what we call it as kids. Star Wars One. So, okay. So now, walk me through this because I, I get the feeling based on the on the previous conversations and our our off air oh. discussions that you were probably a bigger Smurfs fan than I was. Absolutely. I mean, I, but I'm, I'm going to tell you right now that Papa Smurf and some other Smurfs they took many rides in the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> there was a lot of crossover play between my Smurfs and my Star Wars stuff. Uh, okay, understood. Understood. Um, I, I, I encourage you if, if you've already forgotten this to go back and listen to our previous episode, our, our previous Saturday morning cartoons episode, when you posed the question to me, how old is Papa Smurf? <laughs> and I didn't know. And you made the comment that that's something that everybody knows. He's a hundred, right? Oh, he's like 500 and something. No. Right? Oh, see, you don't even know. But it was it was like four hundred and fifty eight or yeah. something like that. Yeah, something, something like very that. random. And so I challenged you that you really needed to go out and take a poll to see if that was really common knowledge. He's five hundred and forty two years old. Okay, five forty two. Yeah. And but I mean, is that when the show ended? <laughs> when he died, the end of his death, is that what you're saying? Does did well did it? What happened? Is he still living? I I think he is. Okay. All right. Grandpa Smurf is still alive. Well, that's true. That's true. That's so, getting to a whole other thing. Okay. So tell me how it is. Okay. Because, yes, you are right. And I had not considered the fact that we didn't have Star Wars on, on, on video cassette or anything at this point in time. But the Smurfs are not really, and, and this will probably get your dander up so I'm, I'm i'm prepared for that but would we call it an action show the smurfs yes i no, i'd call i mean it's a cartoon it's fantasy i would uh by the way star wars wasn't available on video cassette until may of 82 okay okay so but okay so but there are cartoons on that are action cartoons like johnny quest yeah, well, yeah, and the Super Friends was action. Right, it was it was more in line with uh, see, the the Smurfs. You know, it spawned things like uh, it was more in line with Hanna Barbera type stuff, right? Right. Sure. Okay. Okay. Uh, but Hanna Barbera had action as well. But yeah, they weren't superheroes by any means. Yeah, so I'm I'm so here here what's what's I guess maybe the bottom line question I'm trying to get out of you is 
Can you can you say that like Arn Anderson? Just rewind for a second there, because you just used the phrase. <laughs> I can't do this. What's the bottom line, Daddy? What's the bottom line here that you're trying to get to here? There it is, Steve-O. Are you trying to say that this is a horseman thing or not a horseman thing? I don't. <laughs> when did Arn Anderson turn into Arthur's Butler from the movie with Dudley Moore? I don't know. I don't know. But so the question is. But the bottom line is. What's what's what is the appeal of the Smurfs to you? I I think there I, there's something that was appealing as I think the first Smurf I ever had I got when I was six, which was about seventy nine. My neighbor had one. And she had Papa Smurf. I still have it. I begged her for it. She finally gave it to me. The Smurfs are cute. They were just these little things that lived in these little mushroom houses. They seemed different than other things we'd seen before. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'll agree with that. And, and I think that was I, – I do think a certain extent for me growing up, obviously by the time I hit middle school, I wasn't watching Smurfs anymore. Um, they were just – they were they were probably the biggest. They were definitely the – for, for – while we were in elementary school, they were the biggest – Biggest cartoon around. Yeah. The biggest, probably the biggest, outside of Star Wars, is the biggest toy merchandising thing too. And 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 so the, the the Smurf, the Papa Smurf that you're talking about, it's like that hard plastic. Yeah, it's like not even three three inches tall at the at the most. And and maybe the arms or the legs are just slightly bendable. No, they weren't bendable. I mean, they were bendable only if you pushed them, but they okay. they couldn't. You were you okay. were doing damage to the structure. I've got a bunch of Smurfs. I probably still have twenty five. Wow. And I still have I still have my Gargamel and Azrael, which is absolutely infuriating. I think I mentioned this on an episode that the the Gargamel and Azrael were only slightly Gargamel was only slightly taller than Papa Smurf. How are you supposed to play with that? Yeah, he's supposed to be full size. He should have been. Yeah, yeah. Based on the figures we were we were buying too, Smurfs were tiny. Like this, yeah. just just bigger than a Lego figure for our our uh, latest generation fans who are listening out there. Um, but Smurfs on the TV show were consistently talked about as being three inches th- or three apples high. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, I like the Smurfs. I thought I thought they're you know it was it was interesting. Like you didn't you know they they weren't in America, but it was never really said they were in America. It, sometimes it appeared that they were in medieval times. Yeah. yeah well, um, I mean, there was a castle. And, I mean, Johan? Yeah, Johan and Pee-wee, who came along later. Um, didn't Johan carry a sword? They did. Yeah. And P- I mean, Pee-wee think... was a minstrel. So, a lot, I mean, a lot of wizardry. It, doesn't that stand to reason that it was medieval times? Do you remember, was it Balthazar, which was like Gargamel's like, stepbrother? Yes, I do remember that. And there was like ah, a, I don't the, know how I remember that. But there was a witch too named Hagatha who had like a yes. thing for Gargamel. Yes. Yes. You know, and Gargamel was so dashing. Hey, I think Gargamel as a villain takes, I mean, he's second behind Darth Vader. Ooh. Wow. Wow. That's a strong statement. I don't there know is that. There were some, some times where I would just like, what would happen if he had a Smurf? If he ate a Smurf? Yeah, because he always seemingly had them in a cauldron, right? Like, just, yeah. like, 
right? Boiling um, water, and he's he's peeling carrots and onions into it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to make yeah. some kind of Smurf stew. So, okay. You, uh, you, you have, I'm assuming, a, a favorite Smurf? Uh... And you can't say Papa Smurf. That's, I think that's Hygiene not... Smurf was a favorite of mine. Uh, it's very clean. It's uh, a lot of Q-tips. Yeah, yeah. I was a, uh, <laughs> I was a big fan of Actuary Smurf. The one who you know ran the numbers to determine whether or not he thought Gargamel was going to catch this Smurf or not. You know, that I, was... I think I think Phlebotomous Smurf also was a fun one. He ran the uh, Smurf blood drives. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, no, um, so I, I, I think, I, you know, really, you know, there was a hundred Smurfs in the village. Is that um, is that like a fact? Yeah, there was like I think there was ninety nine, and and Papa Smurf was like the hundredth or something like that. Okay. Or there was there's okay. always like a certain number of Smurfs in existence. You know, we get into right. things like the Smurfsling. Wild Smurf was pretty cool. He was in the cartoon. Um, but of course, Jokey with his exploding presence. Oh, that was um, Jokey. God, yeah, I've forgotten about Jokey. Greedy, yeah. Greedy was always eating. Clumsy was Clumsy and Brainy were probably in every episode. Brainy being the foil. Yeah, yeah. But Clumsy was the only one that he was supposed to be the dumb one, but he had a southern accent. Oh gosh, Papa Smurf. Well, I mean, what about Scooby Dumb? <laughs> Scooby Dumb from... literally. They mentioned he's from Georgia. Yes, from the Okie Dokie Swamp. Yes. I love Scooby Dumb. Dum 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 dum. Which is, you know, we, we, we touched on this the last episode. It, it's funny to me because I feel the same way about Scooby Dumb, but despise Scrappy D. Yeah, there's, there's, uh, well, because Scooby, I think we mentioned this then. Yeah, we did. Was Scooby, we did. Scooby, Scrappy's existence. Makes Scooby his caretaker, which changes Scooby. Right, right. Scooby and... dumb makes Scooby even more ridiculous than he already is. Right. And that's why he's so much fun. And he just looks yeah. ridiculous with his hat and his spots. Yeah. Yes. And you remember Scooby D, right? Scooby D? She was like a white Yes, game. the girl. Yes. Yeah. I do. And mm-hmm. she, had a, yeah. she had a southern accent. She was very sophisticated yeah. in the southern accent. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay, but back to back to the Smurf. So, so besides phlebotomist Smurf and uh, hygiene, hygiene, <laughs> hygiene Smurf, you say always, so, always flossing. Are you saying that Clumsy and Brainy are your favorites? I definitely enjoyed Clumsy. Yeah. Um, Papa Smurf. I didn't like Smurfette because he was she's. Just, very flat character. Most of the Smurfs right. are pretty flat. You know, they they literally were named after the thing that they did, right? Vanity Smurf was always looking in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So one of my one of my favorite episodes was one where Hefty and Handy were competing for Smurfette. Do you remember this episode? Handy was pretty cool because he had like See, the white I, overalls. Right? I was partial to Hef- to Hefty. Hefty had the heart drawn on his yeah. arm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He was always lifting weights. So, yeah, I was always partial to him. Um, but I also like Clumsy a good bit, too. And, and of course, Jokey. Yeah, Handy was cool. Handy had, like, he had the white overalls. He had the pencil behind his ear. Yes. Yes. 
Yes. I also liked um, R.J. Reynolds' Smurf. Also known as Smokey Smurf. The Marvels. Lurk, lurking between a couple of the mushroom houses. Hey, he traveled by camel. <laughs> Smelled like menthols. <laughs> I I can remember though. It's funny. Gosh, that we're Smurf, about is that menthols? I can remember as a kid making up Smurf names. Because, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I imagine we probably did a Smoky Smurf. Uh, that's 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 kind of funny. <sighs> Grouchy was a good one. I forgot about Grouchy. He was a good one. Yes, Grouchy. Do you remember Wild Smurf? He he wore like a like a loincloth kind of thing, and like it had like a a hat. Made, his hat was made out of leaves. There was a Farmer Smurf. Was kind of cool too. Yeah, I remember Farmer. I don't remember Wild Smurf. Yeah, his that hat is his hat looked like leaves. Hmm. Yeah, I don't oh, remember. Okay, here we go. Here we Astro Smurf was cool. That was a good episode. There's two episodes I re- the really really good. Astro Smurf and King Smurf were really good. Astro Smurf was the one where they they fake they give one of their fellow Smurfs who wants to go to the moon this potion he drinks and like they they pack up and they go inside this crater, and uh, they make him think that that he's on the moon. And all the Smurfs drink this potion, um, where they look like swoofs. You remember this? No. And they keep trying to give him all these challenges to make him say he can't stay. Uh, and eventually, they convince him to leave, and they basically do everything in reverse and take him back home. He thinks he went to space. And King Smurf was basically a one where one of the Smurfs becomes a dictator. Um, do you remember Ooh, the one Harmony, too? Harmony Smurf? I'd forgotten about him. I remember this one too. This there's a uh, there's an episode where something happened when the Smurfs like uh, nap. Okay, these were Smurfs that turned purple. They've been infected by this purple disease, and they would bite another Smurf on the tail, and they would yell "Gnap!" Yes. I remember that one. Yeah. That was a great one. Um, See, now you're feeling the Smurfs right now. Uh, yeah. I, well, I mean, I remember, I'm remembering some, some episodes. Uh, Good nap. Good nap. Lumberjack Smurf. Yeah, some of these I'm just not. Some of these I feel like they just put on this list. Passive aggressive Smurf. <laughs> Jerry duty Smurf. <laughs> he was always making excuses why I couldn't do things. Was there really a passive aggressive Smurf? That's what it says on the list and on on Wikipedia's list. Wow. Yeah. Remember the Smurflings with like Sasset? Stupid. And it says passive aggressive Smurf. He was a, in um, in a movie. Oh, I bet he's in one of those movies with uh, uh, Neil Patrick Harris. Those. Did you see any of those? Yeah, they were pretty good. Yeah. So that would make more sense for there to be a pat. It would make not make sense for there to be a passive aggressive Smurf in the 1980s. I used to have the Astro Smurf figure where he had the little plastic dome around his head. 
I still have the figure. I don't have the plastic dome. <gasps> there it is, the swoof. So I, I had a swoof. We were in, we we're on vacation in Quebec, and I, I found a swoof in a store, and I remember buying it. And then somewhere in New Hampshire on the way home, I lost him. And I never had a swoof again. I'm sorry. That's that sad seems story, sad. I'm going to take some time away and mourn my lost swoof. I mean, is there something we should... I mean, do we need to have some sort of uh, ritual or something like that? I'm, you know, I'm, whatever you want to do. I feel like in 1991, we were probably sitting around Richardson Hall coming up with Smurf names. I can feel, I can see that as happening. Um, so uh, you wanted to, we just trying to keep an eye on the time here. We're at 52 minutes. We've I covered missed. bugs and the Smurfs. Did, was the, there, I feel like there was another something There's you wanted Spider-Man to talk about. Spider-Man and his Amazing Friends, which is on from 81 to 83. Um, and then in repeats uh, from 84 to 86. 24 episodes I felt like was a great series. This is the one that had Spider-Man and his amazing friends were Iceman and Firestar. Uh-huh. Uh, Marvel was heavily involved with this um, mm-hmm. in the content, which I think it matches up very well with the MCU. Mm-hmm. Stan Lee was the narrator for this. Uh, just some great episodes. It was an episode where Spider-Man's unmasked by the Green Goblin. Um I don't even know how to explain this one. There's an episode called Seven Little Superheroes where there's a villain that's trying to capture uh, the Submariner, Spider-Man, Captain America. Captain America makes several appearances. Um, Iceman was just a cool character who you know would shoot ice out of his hands and kind of slide along the ice path that he would, he would make. Um, Firestar was Angelica. Um, Iceman, Firestar, and Spidey were all friends at Empire State University which we talked about whether it's still an accredited university. We don't know. Uh, but And then they each had their own superpowers. But I thought it was, I thought it was a great show for only 24. I, I was shocked that it was only 24 episodes. But there were, there were just some really cool characters. There's a video man in there. Craven the Hunter was in there. Um, it was a good follow-up to... I feel like there was a big gap in Spider-Man when we were growing up. Like... We grew up with the the one in the afternoons that was Spider-Man, Spider-Man, mm-hmm. does whatever a spider Those were from the 60s. Those were good cartoons. Mm-hmm. And then we had that weird period of time where you would see, like, uh, on UHF, some movies, sometimes were Japanese Spider-Man movies that were dubbed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we didn't have much Spider-Man content until this came up in 81, and it was pretty good. Yeah. But you said you, you didn't really watch the show, right? No, um, uh, I, I'm, I think that I probably, I probably did. I just, I don't have a lot of memories of it. Um, you know, I think we've established before that my memory and your memory are two completely different things. There's and, a, uh, um... What? Sorry about that. I uh, hit the cough button there. Okay. Yes. Um, about to hit it again, so beware. Well, I just was gonna, I was just saying, I, I, there's, so I went back, so Spidey and his amazing friends is on Disney Plus. And okay, yep. So I pulled it up uh, just the other day, and just in preparation for this, I watched ep- the first episode. Did you like uh, it? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was, you know, it was, it was good. You know, a little, there's, 
I have to, you have to remember the time now what 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 the you know there's a little bit of hokiness to it a little campiness you know uh, and you know watching the super friends now the challenge of the super friends which you, as you well know is one of my favorite cartoons of all time it's the gold standard it, for right but you know watching it there there is still some hokiness to it right based well, on and, and this was well, this was yeah. supposed to be literally it was NBC's answer to the suit to the DC Super Friends that was on okay. ABC. Okay. And uh, okay. this had this had a very um, there was X Men more involved in this. Um, uh huh. Mm-hmm. Every Spider Man I always watching this I always felt like Doctor Doom was the main villain. Um, uh, originally it was supposed to be Human Torch, but there were issues with the Human Torch being a part of the Fantastic Four that couldn't cross right. over. I think this is pretty cool when you read this. Some of the sound effects used in the series originated from. The original Battlestar Galactica series. Hmm. Now, so it's the answer to the Super Friends. Why do you think? Okay, so I'm I'm sitting I'm sitting here looking at the episode list that, that you're looking at. Sorry. And you see, and you mentioned the seven. Uh, what was it? The seven little superheroes. Yes. Why Why do you think they didn't do more of a? Why do you think they just made it primarily about? Spider-Man, Iceman, and and Firestar, and not let's bring in Captain America and Thor and well, Submariner. I, I, well, they they were there. I think I think this was the vehicle to do that. Spider-Man was the was the the character to bring those into the, like a more mainstream. Right, but I'm saying, why do you think they didn't just right out of the shoot like the Super Friends did? Like the Super Friends, obviously you got Superman and Batman, and they can carry a show. It could have been the Superman and Batman show. Right, but instead they bring in Aquaman and Wonder Woman and. But and, still, we're we're not we're not watching that without Superman and Batman. Right, I understand that, but I'm saying why not just if you're going to have Spider-Man in there anyway, why not bring in Captain America and Thor and Iron Man and those guys, and just well, have I'm, it be, be kind of the the Marvel super friends. Well, that's that's exactly what this was. This is yes, the but Marvel I'm saying uh, with the, I'm saying with the Super Friends, all of those guys were on every episode. Right. Why well, not I, put I, all of those guys on every episode for this? That's my question. I don't. I saying? don't think there was enough. Marvel was more, at this point, more comics based than TV based. Yeah. And with Spider Man being the lead, I think you had to make him that thing that brought people in. And I don't think that, I don't think you could have brought them in with as little Spider-Man with just a little bit of Spider-Man. I think he had to be running the show. Um, excuse me. I guess that's what I would say about that. Sorry, I'm having a sneezing fit. Okay. Well, then... I'll just accept that and we'll, we'll take it for what it is. So, yeah, I, I, so watching it, uh, it, it, there, there was some familiarity when I watched that first episode. Like, I I feel like I might've seen this somewhere before. So I imagine that over the course of its, what did you say? 24 episodes, 20, uh, that over the course of its tenure that I probably picked up, you know, 10 or 12 episodes of it. I, I didn't, I don't remember devoting myself to not missing an episode of, 
of of this show. And and this was a Saturday morning. Uh, had a Saturday yes. morning start. Yes, this was not uh, on in like in on the afternoons like Super Friends was. Uh, I think for me, I was getting into this because Super Friends had already it, Super Friends peaks with the Legion of Doom, right? With and the challenge, there's, there's, Super the, yeah, yeah. The challenge Super Friends, and and then there's some good years. There's, there's world's greatest Super Friends. Um, now is that then, is that is that Zan and Jaina? Yeah, there's some of that. Yes. Uh, okay. And and and, it's, and it became more of instead of being all like in the Legion of Doom up Challenge Super Friends, they were all thirteen of them together, right? Right. Whereas after that, it was like there were half episodes featuring maybe two together, but always facing like a different enemy. Yeah. And then as that evolved, it got into this where they were fighting Dark Side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then that kind of turned into the superpower stuff. Yeah. And as that yeah. was transitioning in the early 80s, I was losing interest in that. Right. Because the stories just weren't as good. Right. Yeah. I'm with you. Okay. And that's, that's where I was finding something new in, in Spider-Man. And I always liked, I'm a big Spider-Man fan. I always liked, you know, I always liked the cartoon in the 60s. I liked them on Electric Company. I watched mm-hmm. a lot of those bad Spider-Man movies yeah. in the seventies on UHF. Yeah, well, you know, it's funny you bring up the Electric Company one because I love the Electric Company. It was I, I always thought it was a great show, but one, seeing two, three, the four, Spider-Man five, portion, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. seeing the Spider-Man portion of that show was always the thing I was most waiting for, most anxious yeah. to see. It was so cool how they yeah they they we wove in like the 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 drawn comics with live action. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you, you, it was implied he was slinging his web, and you see this giant net come out and somebody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was super cool. That yeah. was super cool. Okay, so we are past an hour now. Do you have any trivia for me? <laughs> it's funny you should ask, Stephen, because as a matter of fact, I do. Um, I'm going to start with a question that I'm not sure if you'll know the answer to. Uh, I have two questions. I'll save the other one for another time if that is uh, uh, if if this one's is too easy for you. But Mike Michael Jack uh, has two nicknames, common nicknames listed. Do you know what they are? And it's not Michael Jack. That's I I've never heard any. You tell me, and I'll let you know if I've ever heard these. I I don't recall people. I don't remember him having a nickname. Well, My, Michael Jack Smith is what Harry Callis used to always call him. According to my, uh, my sources, uh, sometimes he was known as Iron Mike, mm, and sometimes he sometimes he was known as Schmitty. Schmitty, yes, Schmitty, yes, absolutely Schmitty. Okay. But you didn't say that, so I, I mean, I feel like technically this is a you, you missed. I, I can I can count Schmitty, but I, I can't Iron Mike. I, I don't remember people saying that. Okay, okay. All right, so 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 my second question is, what was his signing bonus amount? What year? 
He signed in 1971, second round. Oh, I'm going to go like $750. It's going to be really low. Oh, it's going to be more than that. 2500 No. How much? 325 Wow. $32,500. Do you remember the, the cover of Sports Illustrated where he was the highest paid athlete in professional sports? And he was like one of the few that was over a million a year? No. And it was like outrageous. I don't remember that. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. Okay. So, all right. Before, before we, we, we uh, remove ourselves from the nexus, uh, the, the uh, request has been made that we talk about old video games. Is that something that we can commit to for our, our, our for one of our listeners? I think so. By the way, it was uh, it was March fourth, nineteen eighty five. Sports Illustrated. It's called the Money Game. Baseball's Millionaires. Mike Schmidt was the highest player at two point one three million per year. Per year. Wow. And yes, we can commit to that for uh, for that youngster out there. All right. Okay. So our next That's- topic. Folks, in the Nexus will be classic video games. I think that's we'll, what we, do. Uh, we, we do this for the youngsters out there that are listening. That's right. That's right. And uh, we will establish uh, those parameters off air and, and come up with a, just an excellent discussion the next time we come to the Nexus. So from all of us to all uh, of you, except for... You guys at Fancy Feast. You know what you did. Oh, I got a little you, nugget for you. Okay, yes. So I, one of my favorite brands of T-shirt is Slow Loris. You saw me wear these T-shirts in Kansas City. I was wearing one when we went to the Harry Truman Museum. And, you know, you took a picture of me standing next to Harry Truman. Mm-hmm. Well, on Instagram, Slow Loris says, we love when our, our, our customers send us pictures of our T-shirts wearing them. So I sent them that picture today. And they're going to post it on Instagram. The one that you took of me standing next to Harry Truman's statue. It said, That's we love awesome. this. Can we post it? How do, you, how, do you, how do you spell this shirt? S-L-O-W-L-O-R-I-S. I'll send you, uh, as soon as I get it, I'll screenshot it or send you a link. Uh, for any of our listeners out there, it should be on Slow Loris at some point. I'm oh. excited about this. Yeah, me too. Okay. Fantastic. All well, right. Well, we'll see you back in the Nexus in the near, very near future. We'll be talking about classic video games. Yes. And by the way, before, before we, we sign off completely, did they mention a sponsorship by chance? They had not. I haven't decided. I was going to okay. bring that up well, slowly. Okay. Yeah. All right. So in Excellent. Games Island in Washington State, thank you to Slow Loris. Yes. All right. And also thank you to Lilford's. The fine folks yeah. at Bluetooth and the our internet, friends at the internet. But not those bastards of Fancy Feast. They know what That's they right. did. That's right. They know what they did. All right. All right. We'll see you next time. All right. Bye. Have a good night.